This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you eat. Hello everyone, it is the Sunday, June 5th edition of Bet and Breakfast. Myself, Peter Dewey, jam-packed slate of sports action today to get into. We obviously have game two of the NBA Finals, game three of the Eastern Conference Final in the NHL. Uh, we got the Memorial Tournament, which is going on in the golf world. Uh, and of course, baseball action, Sunday night baseball between the Cardinals and Cubs. Peter, how are you doing today? How was your weekend so far? Doing good, man. It's been a good weekend. The Yankees are killing it right now, so can't complain on that end. Um, excited for game two of the finals tonight. Game one was an absolute barn burner, so um, expecting more fireworks. I think it's going to be a really good series, and Rangers are up 2-0, so everything's really coming up on, on my side right now. It's kind of crazy. I keep waiting for both the Rangers and the Yankees to collapse, and they aren't, um, and that's not fun for me. I feel like the uh, Rangers, you got a good, you got a chance these next couple games. I, they've, they've played a little bit above the pay grade the last two games. So now, I'm, now I'm preparing myself for a potential back-to-back losses in Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, we will see. We'll see what happens. We're obviously going to touch on that game here in a little bit. Last night, uh, the Avalanche won. They are now up three nothing on the poor Edmonton Oilers. It looks like uh, the Stanley Cup is not coming back to Canada after all. It's going to be pretty tough to come back down 3-0, obviously, to the Stanley Cup favorites. Avalanche all the way up to minus 180 to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I kind of like, if the Rangers win their series, I kind of like those odds. But I don't know if I take Avalanche minus 180 against the Lightning, though. Yeah, I don't know if I would. Dude, last night, I mean... I watched some hockey last night. I watched the first period of the Oilers Ooh. Avalanche game. Dude, the Oilers shot themselves in the foot in that first period because they scored that goal like 30 seconds in, the McDavid goal. Then you get the five-minute major, and then they got another penalty later. They were like killing penalties the whole period, and they lost all the momentum they had. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah can't do those penalties. Bad, dirty uh, play that resulted in, I think, uh, Codger is a broken arm now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually a pretty bad blow for the Avalanche. Obviously, 3 nothing lead is going to not probably affect them too much in this series, but not having Kadri, he's a, he's a very good depth core player for that team. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, let's talk a little golf here, uh, and then we're going to dive into some NBA uh, action, of course, Memorial Tournament. Uh, Billy Horschel, five-stroke lead heading into the final round of the tournament. Uh We've seen now blown leads in two straight weeks. This is the third week that felt like one guy has had a massive lead on the field. 
Uh, we talked about it last week with Charles Schwab Challenge. It was Scotty Scheffler um, who was uh, leading, and you said there was almost – you didn't think Scotty Scheffler was going to blow it. Unfortunately, he did. He didn't score a birdie the entire round. Still went to a playoff and then lost uh, to Sam Burns in a playoff. So Justin Thomas wins two weeks ago down seven strokes. Uh, Sam Burns wins last week down seven strokes heading into the final round. Um, is Billy Horschel going to win this, or is someone else going to make it another big Sunday charge? <sighs> To drive a convincing argument with uh, all these guys coming back, but dude, this is a little bit different. Five strokes compared to three or two is a huge, huge lead. I mean, like you said, Scotty Scheffler, he played basically like the most average round of golf for a PGA Tour player you could possibly play, and that's kind of why he lost last week. Billy Horschel could do that, and somebody's got to make up at least five strokes on him just to force a playoff. I think he still wins it. Um there's still a couple guys though on the board like that. I mean, my golf knowledge isn't the greatest, but like I love Daniel Berger. I think he's very solid, and he's only my, he's six strokes back at minus seven. So maybe somebody like that can kind of make a charge here. But like five stroke lead, I, you got to think he's just got to sit there and play. Say like if I can just shoot even par, like I'm probably putting myself in a fantastic position in this one. I think that is a big enough lead. Like I thought Sheffler was going to go out and score last week. Because we like we talked about how you know guys who've won on the tour before like they kind of know you got to kick it into gear still on Sunday. I I feel like Billy Horschel like he'd have to have a massive collapse to blow this one. Yeah, the last two weeks I didn't think there was much value betting on the leader in the final round. I didn't. I thought I kind of knew Mito was going to kind of collapse at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week I I didn't think the value was there in Scotty Scheffler either. I thought there's too many people behind him that could make a run, but this week. Um, I actually do think there might be a little bit of betting value on Billy Horschel at minus 175. Uh, Justin Ray tweeted this out uh, last night. Uh, he says, Billy Horschel leads a memorial by five shots entering the final round. Since 2010, players with a five-plus shot lead through 54 holes on the PJ Tour go on to win 76% of the time. Uh, so it's a 76% uh, win rate. And if you do like implied odds for minus 175, like it's... Not as much as that. Like, I think there is actual betting value if you want mm-hmm. to take a shot at Billy Horschel on minus 175. I think those are fair odds. Let me just look up. Yeah, so minus 175 odds is implied odds of 63.64%. So based on history oh, in the wow. PJ Tour, he has a 75% chance to win, but the odds say he only has a 63% chance to win. So if you want to bet, that might actually be the way to go, to be honest. As square and obvious as that kind of play is, yeah, I don't hate those odds. I feel like also just, I mean, and, you know, this is just more of like a generic, but how many times are we going to see guys blow like a big lead in consecutive weeks? Like, it feels like at some point somebody's going to hold on to this lead and like, maybe it's not Billy Horschel, maybe it's somebody next week, but like five strokes, like I, like two or three, like I can see you can kind of blow that all on one hole. Like if you have a really bad hole, like you could put like five strokes, he's going to have to have like multiple blow up holes and then also like not birdie anything to like really take himself out of it. So I think he's going to be in contention no matter what. So given that stat, yeah, 175, that's not too bad. I hope he does blow it because I have a pre-tournament pick uh, on Cameron Smith at 20 to one. Uh, he is second on the live odds list right now at plus 600. Uh, so <clears throat> Cam Smith is obviously the next likely guy who can kind of make a run here. Um, but if, for anyone watching looking to place a live bet, and if you don't want to bet on Billy Horschel minus 175, uh, I actually think Aaron Wise has 
quite a bit of value, I think, at 12 to 1, just because of his approach play. Uh, he's been the best in strokes gained approach so far this tournament, gaining 2.33 with, with his approach play. Uh, he hasn't been great off the tee, and his putting has had a little bit of issues. But if you can dial those two things in, I mean, if someone's going to catch Billy Horschel, someone's going to have to score, and you score by obviously putting it close to the pin. So uh, he has been the best approach player this week, 12 to 1. He, him and Cam Smith are tied for second right now, five strokes back from Billy Horschel. So if you want to take a bit of a shot, I, I kind of like Aaron Wise at 12 to 1. He's playing with Horschel today too, right? I think yes. it's, yeah, they're both 125, 125 today. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that either. It's kind of crazy that his odds are double Cam Smith's right now, even though they're the yeah. same amount of strokes back. So there's definitely value on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some NBA, my friend. It is game two. Uh, a couple of days off since game one. Uh, your Boston Celtics won game one. Um, <laughs> big, big Boston fan. Uh, no, but you have been betting on Boston though, right? Yeah, well, I've been, been, be- been betting on Boston a lot these playoffs, man. Part of it's been like hedging happiness because like if they win, right. I know like part of me is like, God damn. But also at the same time, like I've also been betting on them because they're the best. they're the best team. Like I, it's not like me like – like, I genuinely think they're the best team in the playoffs. I know I've said it on all of our shows like a million times. And, like, oddsmakers keep hanging these, like, crazy lines for the Celtics, like, as either road underdogs against, like, the Miami Heat. Like, yes, I'm betting that. Like, there's the t- – today I- I'm betting the Celtics again um, plus four against Golden State today. And I don't know if they win this game today. I- there was a stat um, that you actually share, share with me from um, John Ewing. It's – kind of wild since 2005 home teams have lost that have lost game one of the nba playoffs have gone 40 29 and three against the spread in game two so i'd fear if you're wanting to bet the warriors like the historical trend is on your side i just think this boston team like you can look at betting trends and you can look at you know how this team is fared after a loss all this stuff like when it comes down to it at this point when you have this small of a sample size in the playoffs like it really comes down to matchups and like I've said this all playoffs, Boston's best lineups are also their best defensive lineups. No other team in the NBA can say that. And so the problem for the Warriors, and we saw it in game one, their best lineup is when they can go Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. That's their best lineup. The problem is, is Jordan Poole is an absolute liability on defense. He was minus 19 in 25 minutes in game one in game one they they got killed in all the jordan pool minutes because they were just going at him every time and then on top of that that warriors lineup their best lineup is super small and boston can go big with al horford and robert williams down low and the warriors kind of have no answer on the glass and so those two things like you can look at all the trends you want you can look at you know the advanced numbers and like but like when it comes down to like the actual basketball being played on the court like boston has a counter for everything golden state wants to do the question is like can the Warriors just basically outshoot them? In game one, they couldn't. Boston's role guys shot 30 for 45 from the field. Jason Tatum was three for 17, and the Celtics won by double digits. Like that, for if you're Golden State, that's like the worst case scenario. Because if Jason Tatum shot three for 17 and you told the Warriors that before the game, they probably say they win 100% of the time. So to me, I, I just think Boston, like, I think they at least hang around like four points. I will gladly take within two possessions in this game um, for them to hang around. But I don't, did you watch any of game one? Do you have any thoughts like um, going in this series? Well, I have a question for you. Like what, yeah. 
What? How do you beat the Boston Celtics? Yeah, so, the big thing is Boston, and I've said this, like I said this about the Miami series. When I'll say it, like Boston's beat themselves in these plus because they turn the ball over a decent amount. Like they're still, you know, a, a younger ish team. They make some some stupid decisions, but really, like everybody is kind of played at this playoffs is like we're gonna dare Al Horford, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Smart, uh Derek White to make shots. And time and time again the Celtics role guys have made shots. And I think I was was listening to a podcast the um last week or yeah this weekend after game one and somebody said like this is like the fourth time this year in these playoffs we've said there's no way the Celtics shoot that well again. Like they keep doing it. They shot the lights out against the Nets in the first round in a couple games. They shot the lights out against the Bucks in game, I believe it was game six and then game seven, or it might have been a game, it was game two, and then they did again in game seven. Like they just, it's, they've just consistently had these shooting nights where you're like, oh my God, they can't miss. Like there's no way Al Horford makes six threes again. And then two games later, Al Horford makes six threes again. Like it's just their, their roster, the way it's built, and like, it's built for playoff basketball because they they can switch everything. They have really good defenders, and they have a bunch of guys who can shoot the ball from three. So the Golden State's way of having to beat them is either they're going to have to hope that the role guys for Boston have a bad game, or they're going to have to step up defensively um, and and you know play some of these these kind of lineups that probably the Warriors don't want to play, where they're playing more defensive guys. But the, it came down to at the end of the game, like they tried to take Steph Curry out. Steve Kerr took Steph Curry out to start the fourth quarter with Golden State up double digits, and immediately Boston went on a 10-0 run. And like I get the whole like you need to give your players rest, but like it's the NBA finals, man. Like Steph Curry can play the next six minutes. And if you took that 10, 12 point lead they had entering the fourth quarter and push it to 20, then maybe you go, okay, we can give Steph a breather here because you know. Boston's kind of done right now, but they like let the Celtics hang around and this Boston team, like they have this irrational, like all these guys they're they're It's why their role players have shot so well. They have like this irrational confidence that they're in every single game. And I think Ime Yodoka kind of said that after the game, like we just like, we figure we can hang with everybody. And the thing is, is they can, like they didn't even have Jason Tatum in the game and that, that run. And like, it was Jalen Brown who carried them. So I think the way you have to beat Boston is you kind of have to play their game. You got to play defensive basketball and hope that your shooters can outshoot their role guys because it's really Tatum Brown and then the rest of the guys are kind of a wild card. The only thing is the wild card is they've been really good in the playoffs. So if that's what's going to happen, that's why I picked the Celtics in the series. I just don't know if Golden State has enough to beat them. Uh, I haven't seen any live odds, but if if there was a guy that you would bet on to win NBA Finals MVP, would you still go Jason Tatum, even though he didn't have that strong game one? Do you think he's going to do enough these next few games to win it, or would you go uh, Big Al, or would you go I, my pick, Marcus Smart? Where 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 would you lean? I would go Jalen Brown. I wrote up before um, before the the final started that like I thought Jalen Brown. I think he was eight to one was like a sneaky. Um, bet to win finals MVP because Jason Tatum has a tendency to have like one clunker in a series. And he had it in the um, Easter conference finals. He had a 10 point game. He had a a clunker against the bucks in the previous series. And the difference is Jalen Brown's been like really consistent. Like you look at, he had one game um, that he scored 12 points against Miami 
And then dating back to game two of the Bucks series, like 30, 27, 18, 26, 22, 19, 24, 24. Like he's he's like consistently pushing like 20 to 25 points every single game. Um, and he was the driving force of that fourth quarter. He hit a, a big pull-up jumper and then came down and hit a three that kind of forced Golden State to take a timeout. And it went from like Boston looked like out of it to all of a sudden it was a two-possession game. Um I think if he has, like, especially if Boston wraps this series up in, like, six games, if they can finish it in five or six games, like, there's only so much Jason Tatum can do to kind of come back and win finals MVP. Like, he's probably still favored over Brown, I would assume. But if he doesn't have, like, four really good games and the Celtics win in, like, five games or whatever, like, if Jalen Brown plays five good games and Jason Tatum plays four, you probably give it to Jalen Brown at that point. I don't think Al Horford has another 26 point, you know, outburst smart is interesting, but I think smart kind of killed himself because Steph had a good game one. Like if Marcus smart had locked up Steph Curry and also played well, that's kind of was his path to finals MVP. Steph Curry went wild in game one. He was the best player on the floor in game one. So I don't know if Marcus smart necessarily has a real um, claim to it, but Jalen Brown would right now would definitely be my bet. Like I think if the series had, if it was a one game series, I think Jalen Brown is finals MVP. So I think if he can put up, you know, however long the series goes, if he avoids having a clunker game, I don't, unless Jason Tatum goes for like 40 in a couple of these games, I don't think he'll be able to do enough to kind of overcome how bad he was in game one to win finals MVP. If that makes sense. That makes sense. So your first two picks, you got to pick later for the game, but your first two picks, Jordan Poole, under 13.5 points, Celtics plus four. Yeah, I, I like the Poole under 13.5 points. I, I've been like the biggest Jordan Poole backer all playoffs because I, I really believe in him as an offensive player. He's so dynamic. He's such a good player. But I think he's going to get played off the floor in this series, and he kind of did in game one. Like They, they can't afford – like his minutes were – killing them they lost the game by 12 jordan Poole was minus 19 to 25 minutes and like a lot of those minutes also coincided with non-steph curry minutes so like i think if if i'm steve kerr like tonight steph might have to play 45 minutes like I, you cannot lose this game you have to win this game if you want any shot in the series so i think that takes that alone takes a little bit away from jordan Poole, and then also just if i'm the warriors and i get up again I'm probably going away from Jordan Poole and going to a more defensive lineup. So I think he finished, he had nine points in game one. Like he's cleared 13 and a half points probably in most of his playoff games. But I just think the opportunity might not be there as much for him. Like they have to make the decision of, do we want some of our vets like Otto Porter, Andre Udala? Maybe they, they didn't go Gary Payton in game one. Cause I, I was seeing stuff that he, they're still not sure about him shooting with that, that elbow injury. Like maybe they go Gary Payton in this game because Jordan Poole's given them nothing on defense and he gave them nothing on offense. So like, he, if he's just going to be a net negative out there, like Kerr's got to have a quick hook with him tonight because they can't afford to drop this game. All right, let's dive. We're going to get back to NBA here in a little bit when we, when we get into best bets for tonight. But let's talk a little hockey and uh, your New York Rangers. <laughs> They're playing good, man. I hate them. I. Hate them so much. All right, I got it. I got to tee you up right here. So games one and two. Oh, what what the hell happened, man? How did they win both of these games? Because every all the advanced stats are telling me they should be down two up. The same way they keep winning games in the playoffs, man. A, a man who goes by the name of Igor Shosturkin. Say what we say what you want about Russia, but they know how to make a good goaltender. I'll say that. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> they can't like that's. 
I don't know. I, I I'm at a loss for words because I mean I predicted Lightning like to win in four. Like I thought they're gonna sweep the Rangers. Um, I've had I have Rangers fans in my comments on Twitter. I have them in my DMs. Advanced analytics. I can I guess I guess you can only go so far. I I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to take the Lightning today. I'm just going to, at this point, just go down with the ship, and I'm just going to yeah. become homeless because I'm just keep putting money on the Lightning and keep losing. But like, <laughs> I, I put a I had a massive bet on them in game two, and they and they couldn't they couldn't come through for me. So I'm just going to keep going down with the ship. I guess I don't know what else to say because I can cite these advanced analytics. I can say that when you look at expected goals per game, the Lightning are ranking the Rangers or ranking them in Corsi. They're outranking them in high danger scoring chances. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Igor Shosturkin just stops every single shot. <laughs> do you do you think the Lightning having that long layoff did anything to kind of hurt them? I know we had talked about before you thought it might help them because, like, obviously they've had two really long playoff runs the last two years. Like, need some kind of rest for those guys. But, like, the Rangers kind of came in with momentum because of the Game 7 win. Like, do you think that kind of helped them Games 1 and 2 and maybe Tampa Bay kind of settles it in at home? I mean, maybe, but who knows? Because it's like it's always one of those things, like the rust versus rest thing. Because if the Lightning got up to two zero, then everyone would be saying, "Oh, the Lightning rest gave them an advantage, and the Rangers yeah. were, were tired." So the Rangers go up two zero. Now everyone's saying they had momentum for the last series, and the Lightning are rusty. So I mean, who really knows? You could make a case for either side of it, but um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens now that it's going back to Tampa Bay. This is this is my my last dying breath. Is is hoping that the Lightning can get going at home because that's another thing with the Rangers. I, have they lost at home in the playoffs? I think they've lost once. I think it was once against the Penguins. They lost. Yeah, at home. against the Penguins. Yeah, just that um, one game against the Penguins. It's hard to so. beat a very a team that's very good at home, and they're very good at home all season too. Yeah. So this is a kind of a little bit more forward thinking question for you. But one. How often is it that a goalie wins like Stanley, the MVP? I forgot what the, the trophy is for Stanley Cup MVP. Um, but like, how often oh, does that right. happen? And then, like, is there value on like whoever the goalie is out of the series? Like, if Shesterkin or Vasilevsky, whoever ends up winning, do you think they probably should be the favorite to win MVP or would it be McKinnon um, from Colorado? Probably McKinnon from Colorado. Uh, okay. Actually, Vasilevsky's has played fine, but he hasn't played as well as he has in playoffs in the past. And actually, goaltenders don't win it quite as much as you would think. But if the Rangers win, Shesterkin won't be the favorite because they'll be like huge underdogs against the Avalanche and it like almost mm-hmm. never goes through a guy on the losing team. Actually, I think it did once. 2003. Um, can you name the, the goalie who won it even though his team lost? 2003. Can I get the team? I might know um, it if I get the team. The Mighty Ducks Van Eyne. Oh, God. Wait, I, I actually might know this one. Oh, my God. What's it's the a tough name? one. I'll be pretty impressed if you get it. <sighs> I know a Ducks goalie. I have I have a picture of a card I have of him from like a long time ago in my head right now, but I don't know the name. Like I, don't, I just don't know the name. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. John Sebastian Jaguar, J.S. Jaguar. Okay, okay. I probably um, would not have gotten that one. I was guessing well, it had to be like a, a very intricate name because I would that, not have. It did not come to me right away. So that was the last time uh, the award was given to a, a losing a player on the losing team. 
it could happen this year, to be honest. If the Rangers get there and lose the Avalanche and Shesterkin like almost leads the Rangers to the to like a series win, they might just give it to Shesterkin on the losing side. It could happen. Um, but uh, Vasilevsky won the Smythe last year. The last goalie to win it before that was 2012 uh, when Jonathan Quick uh, dragged the Kings to the Stanley Cup. So okay. um, it doesn't – yeah, recent history, there has not been a lot of goalies, but it, if Avalanche win the Cup, it won't be a goalie. Uh, if the Rangers win the cup, it will be Shesterkin 100, 100%, not even not even a question. The Lightning win probably won't be Vasilevsky unless he shows up uh, in, in this next series and a half. So, uh, I, yeah, we'll see. I do want to make uh, a little – say a little something. Our run-your pool for uh, the NHL playoffs, guess who's yeah. in first place right now? You? This I'm guy. <laughs> I'm in first place, dude. This is wild. You know who my top two teams were? Rangers Avalanche. Oh, boo. And Why I had light I had Lightning 3 and then Flames 4. That was my that was my conference finals guess. Um I'm going back there. Let me see where everybody is. Reed is 24th. So he's up there. You are 29th. Oh, nice. The hockey guy is 29th. That's 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 good hashtag for the brand. Donovan is 44th out of 54 though. So we got to rag on him for that one. That's tough. But yeah, dude, um, I'm, I, I might I take this thing home. I apparently don't remember my password to get on this website, so um, I wonder if I can if I can I view can't. your picks if I click on it. Yeah, ben is in fifty third out of fifty fourth. So actually, we got we we got to trash talk Ben because that's tough. That He's fifty third of the fifty fourth. Yeah. On, okay, man. I can see I can see your picks. You had. Carolina, Florida, Calgary, Tampa Bay is your top four. You had the Rangers fifth. Respect. You had the Avalanche are kind of killing you because you had them one, two, three, four, five, eighth. Yeah, so I'm looking bad because right before the playoffs started, I did a, like a playoff power rankings uh, based on what I thought teams' value were to like bet on them to win the cup, and I had Avalanche 16 out of 16, so not good. Ooh. I was not high on the Avalanche. Another one game away from sweeping the Western Conference final. <laughs> In my defense, they, be... didn't, they didn't have to face the two teams I thought could have beat them was the Wilder Flames. So that's that's my defense. That's fair. That's fair. I Dude, I'm just looking through some of these top entries. I might be the only one with Rangers Avalanche and Rangers winning. So yeah, it, might, Rangers it might be. Rangers deserving of being here. <laughs> I hate the Rangers! Hey. That's if if I win this, I might just I might just turn myself into a hockey guy. Yeah, I might just say I'm a hockey guy. You know? Crazy. Uh, speak, speaking of which, um, related to being sharps for different sports, I've meant to talk about this when we were talking about golf, but I put out picks for the Women's U.S. Open, which is going on this weekend, and one of my bets has a three-stroke lead in the final round. I might be an LPGA Ooh. sharp. Ooh, you love to shout see out, that. Shout out Minji Lee. <laughs> you love to see so, that. Yeah, there we go. I might be, uh, I might be an LPGA sharp. Uh, but we have gotten way off track. Let's talk about our best <laughs> bets for tonight. Uh, we'll get back to basketball. <laughs> what is your best bet for Celtics Warriors game two? Yeah, um, so I gave out a couple picks, but I'm t- my bet. My favorite one is I, one I've been taking a bunch this playoffs. I'm taking Jalen Brown under 24 and a half points. Um, Jalen Brown, like I said, I, I just talked him up as he should win Finals MVP, and then I'm taking a, an under on his points prop. So that real really right. nice job I'm by myself setting this one up. Yeah. Yeah, um, but no, Jalen Brown, you look at these playoffs, scored exactly 24 points in game one, 
He's played 19 playoff games. He's only scored over 24 points seven times, which is kind of wild because he's averaging in those 19 games 23 points per game. So he's basically hanging around like this 22, 23, 24 point area. And like he's had a couple games that he had 30, 25. Like I bet this prop um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, one of the games, and he finished with 25. Tough one there. But like they have odds makers have like stuck this at 24 and a half for a bunch of games in a row now for him. And like he's seven out of 19 on it. So. I'm going to keep riding with the under. I think Golden State, like I said, they have to play better defensively in this game. I think they try and um, really kind of sell out on Tatum and Brown and dare the Boston role players to have another good game. And if they do, they do because they have these playoffs. But I think that's the, the kind of play for Golden State. So I'm going to keep back in this Jalen Brown prop, taking the under on it. He might go like it's going to be a sweat. He scored exactly 24 points. This is the crazy part. In his last two games, he scored exactly 24, and he scored exactly 24 like five times these playoffs. So probably going to have to sweat this one, but I think the under is the play. All right, Jalen Brown, under 24 and a half points, your best bet for Celtics Warriors game two. I'm looking at a little Sunday night baseball here. We haven't talked. That's one sport that we haven't really talked uh, mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, the show, I'm going to go Cardinals minus 129 uh, against the Cubs for Sunday night we baseball. the same pick. Uh, what's that? I took this too. I wrote this in MLB best bets today. So we're on the same side for once. When the Cardinals are facing a left-handed pitcher, they are basically an auto bet for me. Uh, first major league baseball and OPS against lefties at 799. Um, and now they're taking on a lefty, Justin Steele, who's not that great. He's one in five with a 5.40 ERA. So I expect the Cardinals are going to be able to light this guy up. And they're putting out Adam Wainwright, who's been fantastic this season. Five and four record, not a great record, but a two seven five ERA. Um, I'm surprised that the Cardinals are only this big of a favorite. I I, I would have put them at like minus one fifty. Uh, obviously, they're on the road; that hurts them a little bit. But their bats are too good against lefties. I have, I got to back them in this spot. Yeah, I like this pick a lot. Adam Wainwright's been lights out too. I was looking; he's only given up six earned runs over his last thirty two innings. So. Yep. I, I love this pick. I, I'm on it as well. So glad we agree on one. You know, you love this. That's that. nice for a change because we are almost yeah. always on opposite sides of games, <laughs> it feels like. Uh, all right, there's our show. Uh, we'll be back. I think it's me and you on Daily Bet Slip tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, my friend. Yes, sir. Right back at it. Right back at it tomorrow. Uh, be sure to tune in for that. Uh, like and subscribe and all that good stuff if you're watching on YouTube. Any final thoughts uh, before we uh, before we end this, Peter? No, I'm just going to say go Rangers, man. Let's go Rangers. Go Lightning, please. Please, please, <laughs> please, please, please. All right. Uh, that's enough from us. Thank you all for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.